this was my living situation um, 2019. I had never had a full-time job. Uh, this is just a fast, the fast forward version of whatever. I'd never had a full-time job. Um, and I decided to obviously look for a job because whatever I was doing wasn't working and I was not making any money. And my parents were basically sustaining me. And I was just like, all right, dude, you need to step this up now. And you need to start, you know, kind of standing on your own feet. I ended up getting a job uh, on the 15th of August, exactly. And during that time, what I moved year? in uh, 2019. So 15th of August, 2019, I got my first ever job. Then from there, um, we moved into uh, the place that I used to live in. And it was uh, what you call a HMO apartment. So the landlord has a three-bedroom apartment. And they rent each room out to an individual, you know, person or you know, people. So, firstly, the house was overcrowded because I was living with my girlfriend at the time. There, um, there was another guy with his girlfriend uh, and some random friends that would always be around. And then there was also a third. Per- uh, there was also a third guy in the third room. And sometimes, you know, but this was meant for only three people. Exactly, it was meant for three people. It was <laughs> one bathroom. So sometimes I'd wake up in the morning and. You know, like I had to wait in line to go to the bathroom. There's some other stuff. I don't know if it's a uh, podcast friendly, but like, you know, it was, it was just a bad situation. Man. <laughs> like it was a really bad situation. But basically um, in the house, we had a cockroach infestation in the bathroom. That's number one. Number two, one of the guys that I actually lived with would uh, sell cocaine. So when I would go into the kitchen, I would try to, you know, use my knife to cut something and I'd find powder um, on my knife. And I was just like, this is really messed up. Did you ever just have like a sandwich and just feel super energetic after and be like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was this one time I was just like, oh, like I didn't have a coffee. What am I feeling like? <laughs> no, no. I, I never had the cocaine. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, it was pretty crazy. Just to, just to be around that energy and that kind of vibe. Yeah. Because people like that as well, man. But And I, I feel like being in, in those situations, like clutters your mind so much. Like, I feel like, especially when you're in situations when there's like a lot of distractions, a lot of things going on, it's hard to really focus like your life, if that makes sense, like one thing. Um, And from what I understand, 2020 has been a great year too. And I think it's, I think a a part of it was because you you managed to kind of find this mental clarity, um, which, you know, led you to to do what you have done uh, to what a lot of people are actually aspiring to do. Um, And as every year goes by and the new year's resolutions will be the same thing. We'll be like, Oh, I need to do this. I need to start a business. I need to whatever. Um, I think a lot of people will, will like to hear your story on how you actually did what they want to do. Um, yeah. So just to give you a little bit of uh, just to, just to give the people a little introduction. So we'll start the podcast here. This is Sam. Uh, Sam has been a friend of mine for a while ago and he has a really cool story that I wanted to share with you guys. He's essentially a copywriter for the top, top, um, some top guys in the industry for info product and business coaching. Um, and uh, he does a little bit of freelance copywriter, but he's also going into affiliate and he will have a YouTube channel soon. So you guys should definitely, definitely um, check that out. Check that out when it comes out. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for taking your time to, to come on the podcast. Definitely, Felipe. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me, man. And yeah, super excited to uh, share my journey with people because when I was at a certain stage where I didn't know what to do, um, one thing that I can clearly resonate with is a lot of confusion and a lot of misdirection that people have, especially when getting started. And, you know, Felipe, Filippo, you can, you can be a testimony to what I say. Like I was so confused. Right. And, mm-hmm. and this was at the age of, you know, 24, 25. And I see kids around me, you know, having like, you know, millions and 18, 19, 
But at some point, I had to learn how to block out all of that noise and mm. just figure out, hey, Sam, what works for you? Because so easy to look at, you know, this guy's doing, you know, digital marketing, this guy's, you know, doing this and this guy's doing that. And then you try all these things, you try the Shopify's, the, the drop shippings, the, the, the everything, but then, you know, nothing sticks because it's not made to stick, right? Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you have a certain talent mm -hmm. and you will never find that talent when you're trying to embody what other people are doing because you are different, right? You've had different upbringings. How, how did you find your talent then? Like how, how did you come to the journey of actually understanding, okay, you know, words, I'm good at words. I want to do this. Sure. Okay. So funny, funny story, right? <laughs> how I came across copywriting. Um, I was in the job that I hated uh, at the time. I was a sales rep. Uh, I was making cold calls and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it, that's basically like working in a factory. Like you just, you know, you're just there measured by numbers. You just got to do the output and you get paid a crappy salary. And I wasn't even getting paid my commission. So mm. at this point, I put every energy of mine into looking how to, how to learn something, right? And at the time, my girlfriend was actually watching uh, a series called Mad Men. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure, you know, anyone listening yeah, yeah, yeah. must have seen or heard about it at least. And she came up, she, she was just uh, chilling one day in a, our little room at the time because my desk was like here and the bed was right opposite my desk. So, you know, funny, you touched on cluttering your mind. My room was mm -hmm. a clutter because my dining room, everything was the same, <laughs> like in one little space. So she said, Sam, um, I think that you'd be pretty good at this. I think that, um, you know, like what they do in Mad Men, like the whole advertising coming up with creative, creative stuff, like you'd be good at it. So I was like, oh, like, you know, what is this? And funny enough, I was looking for ways to make money um, online <laughs> at the time as well. And, and this was as if it's fate, right? And I always believe that when you're out there sincerely looking for something and you go out and you search, you will find something will something will materialize because that's how that's just it's a weird way how things work right mm. and at that time i came across uh, my mentor now uh, alex katoni who's just starting out her youtube channel and she was just about her launch her product of copywriting and i had no idea what copywriting was so mm. when i when i logged onto her youtube channel i was like yo like this is really cool like you know, I feel like I can, I can do this. And it tied in with what my girlfriend said. It's, you know, like that creative word kind of thing. And one thing I always found myself doing in my past was I was always trying to motivate my friends, even though I was a broke dude, like I had nothing, like there's something inside me where I always knew that I would make something of myself at some point, right? Like I would go out there and do something. I don't know if it was just a jaded dream or, you know, like some kind of weird hope or something like that, but I was, I had a conviction that I'd make something of myself and that translated into me always motivating my friends, you know, talking to them how the job life is crap. And in fact, even in my own job, I made a guy start his own business because, you know, he was inspired by what, what I was building on the side. So he, he looked over his shoulder, saw me doing something good. And he was like, dude, like, how do you do that? Like, what are you doing? Wow. So yeah, I basically got into it. Number one, by searching for it, right. Just to, just to put it in a nutshell, number two, not just searching for it, but taking a deep dive into it and investing money. So I bought a course at that time. And this is another funny story. Uh, I told you I came across Alex Cotone's YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So yeah. at the time, um, I had 2,100 pounds saved up in my bank account from, I think, six months of work, which is pretty crap. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's all I could do at the time. And that course was 2,000 pounds. So... I basically invested my net worth into a program with a ridiculous gamble. And, you know, they always say entrepreneurship is risk. And um, at that point, I did a little calculation, right? Because I'm sure all of you guys listening to this, you know, you want to be 
you know, you want to be wealthy someday. You want, you want your properties, you want the cars or whatever it is that you seek. Even if it's helping people, it takes money, right? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. I did a calculation. If I keep on saving at this rate, it's going to take me about 20 years sitting in this chair to, you know, get a down payment for a house, not even the house, a down payment, right? So at that point, I was just like, dude, I have nothing to lose. Like, I am just going to invest money in a course and I am going to put the fire under my ass and I'm going to work my ass off. <laughs> so that's how you got to do it, man. It's, 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 there's plan A, there's no plan B. You know what I mean, there's just plan A. It's kind of that situation. Absolutely. Um, but, but specifically, like, why copywriting? Like, because you just searched it up and then, I mean, what was it that, like, because you say your girlfriend was like, you know, Mad Men, you, you looked at it, you liked the creative side of it. But, you know, with advertising, like, why don't you go into, let's say, like, content production? or like graphic design, like why specifically copywriting? Because copywriting is is like the, the dark horse of advertising, in my opinion. No one, if you're not, if you don't know advertising, you don't know about copywriting. You don't even think about it. You tend to, I mean, you know, sometimes you'll see on Facebook, like a funny billboard post and you'll be like, oh, you know, those words kind of, those are interesting. But again, you'll be like, oh, but the billboard, you think of design, right? Yeah. So, what you don't know the guy behind that's making like six, seven figures just for writing those two yeah. words. <laughs> like exactly. The words are, you know, one of the most important parts of an ad. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, exactly. Like, what, what was it about copywriting? That's a good question, Felipe. What was it about copywriting? I think because, um, this is a weird thing. So, number one, uh, I realized it's all typing, right? And I had played a lot of video games back in my day, especially RuneScape. I don't know if you know, represent some of you guys used to play RuneScape back in the day. Um, when you're standing in a, a Falador at the time, which is a place in the game, and you have to type, you know, like selling my bronze sword for 50 GP a hundred times, like, you know, you, you get used to writing fast, right? Mm. So I, I kind of realized that I can kind of type as fast as I think. And at the same time, I like to motivate people. I like to, you know, find out what's really bothering them. I like to know and understand people. Like all the books I read before I was into copywriting were all business related. And I just had a lot of business knowledge in my head with no practical experience at all. So mm-hmm. at the time, it just spoke to me, man. I tried, I tried drop shipping. I, 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 I say I failed at it, but I never really tried it to my level best. Mm-hmm. And I think it was... It, it was actually an, an addition of a load of circumstances. Number one, my living situation. Number two, I uh, hated my job. So this was a time where reality hit me in the head. And I was like, Sam, you need to just pick something and go with it. Mm. And as I picked copywriting, I put in the work, right? And I was naturally kind of disposed to copywriting. I had a natural, I wouldn't say a natural talent, right? I don't think those things exist. But when you can articulate yourself to some degree, I think you can also write it, you can write it. So copywriting as a skill is literally just being able to write how you talk that's it that that is the the bottom line to what copywriting is and i realized that i could do that so that that that's basically what i did and on top of that when i learned that copywriting is the single thing that affects businesses probably the most out of anything that's when i realized that this is a, one of the most valuable skills and nobody really knows about it so that that's pretty much my decision making process. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with with just just kind of going on a more marketing aspect, like Facebook ad side. Um, you know, have you heard of the iOS update that's coming in? No, tell me about it. 
basically, Apple is essentially uh, setting up, uh, I think it's actually already out. It's just you need to update your iPhone or, or only a few iPhones have it right now. But essentially, Apple is giving you uh, the choice to let apps track your data or not, right? And okay. that kills Facebook ads. But it's not just like, you know, it's in the back end and it's like a switch that you need to get to you know, in like your settings and you, you can choose to like, and then you, you can say like Facebook, no, it's mm. like, as soon as you're going to log on to Facebook, a little notification will go on, on, on your screen. And they've showed this, Apple has shown this. And it literally says, uh, do you want Facebook to track all your data? And it lists everything like financial info, interests, this, this, and that. And people are going to say no, because people are scared of like this idea of, of tracking data. Um, and and basically that what's that what what that's gonna do to advertisers in the future is essentially take away this like crazy crazy tool of Facebook Engines. targeting, and yeah. you know people who who try and you know do Facebook ads with all these like algorithmic hack and and you know creating loads of campaigns a one dollar spend and whatever that's not I mean it works now but that you can't rely on the algorithm anymore or at mm. least this crazy targeting it's all gonna go back to bare bones, direct response marketing. How can we use creatives and images to get people to, you know, pursue an actual action and we won't be able to target, you know, um, super specific, you know, segments that we know for a fact we'll click on it. This is going to have to become, you know, general advertising to a certain extent. It'll still be way more targeted than other platforms. Uh, but it's definitely gonna, um, I think a lot of agencies and even just like advertisers in general, individuals are just going to have to look at the quality of, of, you know, their, their copy and the quality of the creatives that they're actually advertising. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think copy is something that's going to become even more important um, as will any sort of content production um, or at least more like maybe not specifically all content production, but more like graphic design for ads. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just very interesting. This iOS, iOS update, um, it's gonna, it's gonna turn a lot of gears. So um, we'll see, but yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like advertising in general, um, online, and like, do you think it's different? To, you know, I mean, how how do you think it? How do you think a Facebook ad differs from a you know a billboard ad or a newspaper ad? Okay, really good question. So, a billboard ad. Let's say you have a billboard ad on. You know, like I lived in Dubai for some time. There's one. You know, there's one long road in Dubai that connects the whole of Dubai together. Uh, it's called Sheikh Zayed Road, right? So if you have your billboard ad on Sheikh Zayed Road, chances are many people are going to look at that, right? But then there are people in a target market who might take an alternative road, a road running parallel to Sheikh Zayed Road, for example, and they don't see that ad. The cool thing that I feel with, you know, digital marketing, especially Facebook ads, is you can still capitalize on those people that, you know, are going down that road. So your reach now has expanded so much that it, it just allows you to gain access to people. Now, funny enough, how you talk about iOS's new update, right? What if I told you that you don't like, yes, those tools are very powerful, but there is a way, there are ways around figuring out what people want. And in this podcast, what I'm about to tell you, like, in my opinion, this is one of the most powerful things that anyone listening, you're going to take a golden nugget away from this shit, right? Because wow. this is something that I learned um, not, not too long ago. Because obviously as a copywriter, what people have the misconception of is I am just writing all the time wrong. The main thing is research, right? I need to find out what people want intrinsically, right? It's like, you don't buy, you don't buy a drill to own a drill, right? 
you buy a drill in order to drill a hole. But mm-hmm. copywriting is understanding why does someone need the hole? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And a lot of marketing done wrong is you're trying to sell the drill. You know, marketing done okay is you want to sell the hole. But you, you want to sell the hole itself, right? But the best form of marketing is selling why you need the hole. Like, oh, if I have a hole in this wall, I can hang up a frame of me and my family that can remind me of what, what blessing I have, you know, for <laughs> my whole life. Because I can see my kids every day. It gives me a reason to get up in the, in the day and work, right? So now that drill has now suddenly turned into a, an emotional tie of looking at your family every day and having a reason to wake up and work, right? So how do you find this information? How do you do the research, right? So there's a little hack that I learned a while ago and it's called, uh, sorry, not too long ago. It's called Google Discussions. It's, um, it's uh, what do you call it? What do you call those things that you add? An extension, that's the word I'm looking for. Okay. Extension from Google Chrome, right? And what it does is it allows you access. You know how when you type in on Google, like um, let's say I am writing copy for someone. So give me an example. What, what are you selling? Like let's say we're a business owner. If you're a Facebook uh, advertiser, you're a copywriter, it doesn't matter what the hell you are, you can use this tool to learn about what you're doing. So okay. give me an example. Like what am I what, selling? Of a product that we're selling? Yeah, any product in the world. A deodorant. Okay, let's say a deodorant, right? So if you get the extension Google Discussions and you type in... Um, I don't know, problems with my deodorant, right? Let's just say, because you're, you're trying to look for problems, right? What are the things that people are doing wrong? When you type in problems with my deodorant or something like that on Google discussions, uh, on Google, sorry, you're going to, on the top, you see like images, w- uh, web, news, all those options on the top, right? Where you can switch mm-hmm. between. One of those options after the uh, extension is going to be called discussions. And what it does is it gives you all of the forums where people are talking about this and it's specifically forums, right? So in these forums is where you find golden information to use in marketing material, like mm. golden. So that's good. Yeah. So some guy is going to be like, Hey, I've been using my deodorant for ages and it's giving me like a red rashes under my body. Right. And if you're, you know, if you're marketing for a guy who's selling deodorants and this guy is selling like this, you know, acid free deodorant, I don't know anything about deodorants, but if he's selling some kind of USP about the chemicals used in a deodorant, maybe it's more organic or something. You can use this in your marketing material. It's like, you know, we know that deodorant sometimes can cause rashes under the skin, but you know, with, with X brand, we use X materials inside. So you, it, it doesn't, it is not a skin irritant, you know, obviously much better worded, but like, yeah, no, it's there, right. You know, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good advice. Another, another what, what I use, I didn't know about Google discussions and I'm definitely going to take that on board. What I've been using is Reddit. I just go Dude, on Reddit. That's what it, yeah. That Reddit is yeah. sick too. Like, but Google discussions give you a pool of Reddit as well as loads of other forums. Yeah, that's cool. That's really All cool. Yeah, because format, I was just, yeah. That's really good. Cause I think I, I used like Reddit once I used Quora. I don't know if you know Quora. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's such a good, that's, a, that's such a good hack. Um, yeah, no, so, cool. Man, Amazon, man. When was the last time you went on Amazon and you looked to the review section for deodorants for other deodorants? You can see what people like, what people don't like. Look at the five-star reviews. What do people love about what's already in the market, right? Yeah. Then you look at the one-star reviews. What do people not like about what's already in the market? That's your goal, right? So you take in your marketing material, you take what people love, you take what people hate and you find the middle ground. Say, hey, we have everything that you love about what you're already using. And we have fixed X, Y, Z problems that we know that a lot of people have. So when you yeah. put those two together. Amazon is actually a really powerful tool uh, if you know how to use it. Because you have essentially like almost every single product in the world 
almost. Yeah, of course. Um, and you can rank them by which have bought the most, the most five-star reviews. And as you said, you can just go through the reviews and see why it's the best product. We, we use this a similar thing when we're writing ads, but we, we, we mostly use it to look at our, our current clients' reviews mm. and read the reviews and be like, okay, why did this person like it? Mm. Um, for an example, um, just because I said, so we have a client that sells uh, sustainable deodorants. Um, and one of the things that we used was that in the reviews, someone said, um, oh, I've tried so many deodorants, but this is, the one, this is like the only one that doesn't frail. Right. right so we yeah. were like, okay, this is great. Um, and then like uh, someone else mentioned and another person mentioned it. So then we started using that and the CTR was just, was just so much higher on our ads when we use that sort of copy. So I think that's, yeah, I think that, that you, you, you hit the, the, the nail on the head right there. Um, <laughs> but I mean, do you have any other like advice in terms of like copy, like maybe not so much for direct response, but cause uh, you know, I, I'm sure when you're working with info products and business consultants, the advertising a little different, right? Cause I think it's, you, you, you're spending more on building this like not like brand awareness, but it's not so direct, you know, it's not like someone's gonna, it's not like someone's buying a, a 14 um, you know, uh, product off of your, off your client. So how do you get them to, you know, spend a grand, two grand, wh- however much they're investing? I don't know the prices, but it's definitely, I think it's a different way of marketing. So I don't have much experience in info mm. product or like big, big, um, you know, high ticket kind of sales. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's your advice there for someone who is working with those sort of clients? So for someone particularly working with those type of clients, um, and it, let's say we're talking specifically about when you're writing the copy, right? Like how do you structure this thing? This works in any, if you're writing ad copy, if you're writing sales copy, the most powerful thing or the most powerful tool that every single human has access to is storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. If I am going to be preaching to you about, you know, let's say like, hey, this is why you should use this bottle, right? Maybe half of your brain will shut off halfway through because it's just it's like someone preaching to you. Yeah. But if I tell you a story about Tim who used this product and something that happened to him, you're suddenly more engaged because as humans, we love hearing stories because that's just naturally how we are. We want to see an outcome. We want to, and every story is the same. Um, Perry Belcher, have you guys heard of Perry Belcher? Is the... Uh, founder of Digital Marketer. He's the co-founder. He um, actually, this is uh, something that I posted on my Instagram. It's one of the most famous um, uh, digital marketers, one of the most famous digital marketing companies out there, right? And he posted this really incredible photo. Um, maybe you can post it later. It's um, it's it's the synopsis of Star Wars: A New Hope, the movie. Mm. So, um, and I'm just going to actually read it to you because this is how powerful it is, right? This is the story very quickly. Luke Skywalker is an orphan living with his uncle and aunt on a remote wilderness of Tatooine. He's rescued from aliens by wise bearded Ben Kenobi, who turned out to be a Jedi Knight. Ben reveals to Luke that Luke's father was also a Jedi Knight and was the best pilot he'd ever seen, right? Luke is instructed on how to use a, mag- uh, a lightsaber, and he too trains to become a Jedi. It's not, it's not, it's not that long. Trust me, just listen to it. Uh, the flip side to this is sick, right? Anyway, <laughs> carrying on. Luke has many adventures in the galaxy and makes new friends like Han Solo and Princess Leia. In the course of these adventures, he distinguishes himself as a top pilot. In the Battle of the Death Star, making the direct hit that secures the rebel victory against the forces of evil. Luke also sees off the threat of Darth Vader, Darth Vader who, we also, who we know also murdered his uncle and aunt. In the finale, Luke and his new friends receive medals of honor, right? Now check this out. 
that's the end of the, the bit, right? So get, check this out. This exact story, I am just going to change a few words and it's going to become something really famous that you already know. Okay, so we're going to be talking about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And this is the exact same story. Watch. Harry Potter is an orphan living with his uncle and aunt on the remote wilderness of suburbia. He is rescued from muggles by wise bearded Hagrid, who turns out to be a wizard. Hagrid reveals to Harry that Harry's father was also a wizard and was the best Quidditch player he'd ever seen. Harry is instructed on how to use a magic wand as he too trains to become a wizard. Bear in mind, these are just a crossing out of words like a Jedi Knight and we're replacing it with wizard, mm. right? Mm. And Luke instead of Harry. Harry is instructed on how to use a magical wand and was, um, sorry, I've lost myself, okay. And he too trains to become a wizard. Harry has many adventures in Hogwarts and makes new friends like Ron and Hermione. In the course of these adventures, he distinguishes himself as a top Quidditch seeker in the Quidditch match, making the catch that secures the Gryffindor victory against the forces of Lord Voldemort and Slytherin. Luke also sees off the threat of Lord Voldemort, who we know murdered his parents. In the finale, Harry and his new friends win the House Cup. I wish I could visually show you this because it is literally a visual of the writing and you can literally see the words Luke Skywalker just crossed out, put Harry Potter and just a couple of words change, but the body is exactly the same. So it's a template, essentially yeah. exactly like an ad template. That's exactly. all it is. That's what I'm saying. So it is all the same. If you learn the art of storytelling and there is an art to it, you can hook anybody and have them want to listen to you. You know. That's, that's not, that's crazy. I mean, if you actually think about it, it is a very similar story. Um, I wonder how many other movies there are that are just the same concept. Dude, you, uh, honestly, it's ridiculous, man. Like, you know, Harry Potter, uh, even Spider-Man. Like, you, I'm pretty sure you can, like, I, if me <laughs> and you sat down right now and we just saw this thing, I'm sure we can create, like, you know, Spider-Man lives with his aunt and uncle, uncle died. Like, it's all the same, man. What would you say is the, what would you say is the most successful piece of copy ever written? That I've written? No, in general, in the uh, world. Oh, that's a tough question, man. The most I know it. I know which one it is. Oh, like literally the most successful piece yeah. of copy ever written? Yeah. Tell me, man, I have no idea. I'd, I'd love to learn that myself. It's the Bible. Okay. <laughs> the Bible, yeah. It's through stories, right? It's all it's all stories and experiences. Stories sold. How many times has the Bible been sold? Like loads of times, whatever. I can't remember. Has Its purpose was to get believers, got billions of believers. There's, there's a lot you can learn from the Bible. There's a lot you can learn from, from storytelling in the Bible. Um, I mean, yeah, that's just, yeah. it's been around for forever. And I think it's the first proper like piece of copywriting where they're trying to, you know, get someone to, to do an action, believe something, whatever it is. Mm. Um, yeah. Story, bro. It's all, it's all, everything is in the story like that. That is literally what it is. Like storytelling is the most powerful thing that you can do. But, um, yeah, but I think what's also important is just getting to that place where you become a master in what you do and you're just learning, right? Because a lot of people might be listening to this and they're just like, oh, dude, like, how do I even start? Like, okay, like I get it, you know, like copyright, but like, what is this world? Like, how do I get into it? Like, what's what's going on, you know? So what, what, what are your thoughts on that, bro? It's, it, 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 you know, it, it's tough. It's kind of like what you said. It's like, I think with starting with anything, it's just about taking that first leap. Um, and at least, at least for, personally for me, 
what I've learned on my journey of entrepreneurship and my journey of, of, you know, trying to learn a trade, even though I don't specifically run the Facebook ads, um, but I rather, I run a company and I manage people under me. Um, what I've learned is you never stop learning. Like yeah. you never stop starting something new. So I think the idea of, Oh, how do I learn this? How do I start this? How do I do this? How do I do this? I think people see it as some sort of like milestone, right. Or mm-hmm. some sort of like, I need to or like, in a, in a, like a, like a, I don't know how to explain it. Like, like a target that you just need yeah. to reach. But I think people need to learn how to learn how to learn. If that makes sense. People need to learn Definitely. how to learn. And people <laughs> need to understand that learning and starting new things is like the most basic part of being human, essentially. Like you're constantly yeah. learning. So it, I think you've noticed as well. Like, okay, you go into copywriting, but as a freelance copywriter, right? Okay, it's like you think, okay, cool. Let me, I need to learn how to do copyright. Okay, and you write copyright. But then it's like, Oh, but now I need to work with an info product, right? So now I need to learn how to talk to, uh, you know, a different audience. Or now I need to, I'm a freelancer, but I, I still need to sell my services. Like I still need to learn sales. I still need to be able to pitch myself, pitch my services to potential clients. And then you got to learn sales and you need to learn how to do sales calls. And then it's like something else comes up and something else comes up. So I think with starting it is hard. I think my advice for someone who, who's literally doing nothing now and is like eager to start something up would just be like find people who are already doing what you what you want to do, um, and just speak to them, learn what they're doing, um, understand how the, what their day looks like, understand how they learned. Um, but I think it's also a lot of it is it's kind of like you said, like you it just feels right. If you're doing the right thing, it just feels it, it shouldn't it shouldn't feel too difficult. Like it should feel yeah. something that just makes sense. Yeah. So I think there is an element definitely of having to like push yourself and force yourself into it and like. Because everything, when, when you start everything from new, like it's always mm-hmm. going to feel, you know, uncomfortable and awkward. But um, I think there's an, like, I think there's a limit after a pe- this period of time where it's like, if you don't feel like you're enjoying it, if you don't feel like it's, I don't want to say easy because um, it's never going to be easy, but yeah. like, it just, it doesn't feel better. like an uphill struggle. Like it's still yeah. tough, yeah. but it doesn't feel like everything is just going to craps. Like it just feels like there is some kind of force and you'll know it when you, when you, when you experience it, there's some kind of force, something inside. It's like your gut knows the answer to everything, right? Like whether you're in a good relationship, exactly. bad relationship, business, bad business job, your gut always tells the truth. It's like, you're, I watched, I watched this super interesting TikTok. Okay. Yeah. That was talking exactly about this gut feeling. And what they were saying was the gut feeling. Okay. Is actually the feeling of your future self. Okay, yeah. this is a trippy concept true, of your true <laughs> self feeling regret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your gut, it, like if you, like in that situation where it's like, ooh, like I feel like I should do this. You got that gut feeling. They're saying is that's actually you looking at yourself, looking at your memories in the future, feeling regretful. And that's, so it's like you're sending a message to yourself. <laughs> you know, dude, I don't really want to get behind mumbo jumbo stuff like that, but I would agree with this 100%. If there is some trippy shit in this universe, that would be true because that is what it feels like. It's your future self kicking you in the gut in the spiritual realm. You know, like, you know, those portals that open up and you feel like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's like your future self being like, no, <laughs> like, stop. Uh, no. <laughs> what about you though? Like, what, what would you be your advice for starting off? Sure. So number one, um, if you want to start off, you gotta, you gotta seek, right? Because only the seeker is the one who finds. You're not going to have your magical, um, your magical job or whatever that's going to change your life and that's going to land in your lap. You need to search and also understand 
one thing that I, I really messed up with when I, when I was starting out is I had this magical thought that like I had to do some special something to get started and some people just had something or, you know, like there was something special. It's not literally, it's all rational, right? Look, this is, I'll, I'll, I'm going to explain it through a story. I'm going to take my own advice. Like this is exactly how I did it, right? And maybe you can take something from my story. Mm. Okay, so we know my living situation. It was a bunch of crap. I hated it. I was in a crap job, right? Okay. The number one thing that people do is they make excuses. So here's how I did it in my story, right? So what I did was I would come home, and this is before the lockdown period. I would come home at 6.30, okay? I would quickly stick something in the microwave. I would eat it, and I would sit on my desk, and I would start to research, right? I would be like, okay, what am I doing? I'd watch YouTube videos. What content are you consuming? Are you watching entertainment crap? Are you watching World of Warcraft videos? Are you watching, like, what are you watching, right? And the reason I say this is because there's a very um, famous saying from a guy called Sun Tzu. I'm pretty sure a lot of you might've heard of him. He wrote a book called The Art of War. And one of my favorite quotes from that book is, be careful because your thoughts lead to your, like your thoughts influence your words, right? Hmm. Your words influence your actions. Your actions influence your, ha- influence your habits. Your habits influence your character and your character influences your destiny. So if we take everything out from the middle, your thoughts influence your destiny directly because Mm. everything in between leads to your destiny, right? So what is going into your mind? Are you watching, you know, garbage crap that isn't going to get you ahead? And what I did was I eliminated all that crap. I deleted my video games. I didn't even have Wi-Fi in my house when I got started. And I shit you not, I had no Wi-Fi. I would tether my phone to my laptop just so I could, focus and you know get my work done and now i've got wi-fi it took me two years to get wi-fi in my house i would i was literally using my phone plan to work everything things my calls like that was literally what i was doing and um i i started to learn and research and after research you come across things and one thing i've learned right again back to the gut feeling there are many courses and stuff that i've bought that have been absolute garbage that i haven't really used because they weren't down my alleyway so when you have that gut feeling that this might, this isn't for me. Don't like most likely it's not for you, but don't get it mixed up because there's a gut feeling of fear to invest money, but inside you, you kind of feel that you should do this, right? You should follow that Mm. because you know what you you already know what you like and don't like. You might not know like, okay, Hey, I want to be a, you know, so-and-so, but you know what you enjoy and what you don't. For example, if you know, let's say Filippo, you're just starting out and you have no idea what you want to do. Right. I can tell you probably don't want to be an accountant. You know what I'm saying? You can work slowly towards the things that you think you can like. And there's no magic pill. You just got to try it. man. Mm. If you feel like you might like something, give it a go. Stick with it for a period of time. Definitely stick with it for a quarter, right? Stick with it for a quarter. That is always what I say. And if you see that you're, you're not learning anything, it's just not, you'll know, right? Then you switch it up. So that's what I did, right? I took the course, I bought the course, I took a risk on myself, right? I spent 2,000 pounds when I had 2,100 pounds and I got the course. That's number one. Number two, I showed the fuck up. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but (laughs) okay, I showed the fuck up. Like I was the best student there because I worked harder and I made sure I worked harder than everyone else. Now, what does that mean? A lot of people say, okay, work hard, do this, do that. Number one, I was on time, right? Alan, 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 Woody, Woody Allen, you know, that guy's name is 80% of success is showing up. I showed up. I was there for class. I listened. I applied. 
and I took action. I had my first copy client in after five weeks of joining that course, and it's an eight-week course. So before the course even finished, why? Because this is point number three, take massive action. There is no point reading or learning something if you don't know what to do, right? Mm. If you, sorry, if you, there's no point reading and learning something if you don't actually go ahead and you do it, you apply what you learn. But there was one little problem, right? This course taught me how to write copy, didn't teach me how to get clients. Mm. And this brings me back to what you said about find a guy who knows what you're doing. Mm. What did I do? I reached out on Facebook to a guy I knew. Um, he's part of consulting.com. And not everyone's going to have this guy, but my point is reach out to people. I created an Excel document and I typed in copywriters in whatever industry. I, I looked at the Facebook groups I was part of because as you're learning this, you're going to be part of groups and stuff, right? I found a guy who's earning 10K per month as a copywriter. And I literally reached out to him. I said, hey, I wrote him a message from my heart. And it sounds really cheesy, but I was like, hey, dude, my name is Sam. You have no idea who I am. I was referred to you by so-and-so, the guy who actually referred me to him because I reached out to someone. I use my network, right? Mm. I use my network to see who do I know that is doing what I want to do. And you might not know that person directly, but maybe someone who you know might know someone, right? Mm. And even if they don't, no excuse. Go out and find that person. Start going into these groups where you find copywriters or whatever it is you want to do, right? Let's say you want to do X, find the Facebook group of people doing X, and people normally post their wins and their victories in these groups. And you can see very blatantly who's winning and who's losing. Mm. You want to find the guy or the girl who is doing what you want to do, right? So my first target was 10K a month. I reached out to the guy. I wrote him a real honest letter. I said, hey, dude, look, I am broke. I'm in the worst living situation, you know, yada, yada, yada. I need help. If you would give me your time, I would pay the little money that I have left <laughs> just so you could teach me how to get there. The hundred pounds from the 2000. Yeah, literally. So obviously at that point, uh, maybe it was like a month later after doing the course and stuff like that. Uh, but I had a little bit more money saved up, maybe like 300, 400 pounds. And I remember I paid 250 pounds to this guy so he could teach me. Damn. That was probably the best decision I ever made because he taught me exactly how to get clients, right? And I just applied exactly what he said. I took massive action and boom, I got my first client. And what, is your, what is your outreach strategy? My outreach strategy is um, cold email, but a structured style of cold email. So there is a specific type of cold emailing that I used to use. But here, here's the funny bit, right? Uh, start of 2021, uh, in fact, just yesterday, I lost my first ever client. I lost one of the clients that um, I had. I had three clients in total. I lost one. Now I'm down to two. Uh, the reason I lost them was nothing to do with me. It was uh, kind of forces outside my control. Their business was tanking due to COVID because uh, the main business was um, a catering business. And um, mm. yeah, it just started to kind of tank from there and they couldn't afford the services, yada, yada. And right now, I actually find myself back into the place where I need to do outreach again. Mm. So again, number three, right? Uh, sorry, number four, no, whatever the hell number we were on, mindset, right? Yeah. It felt like a punch to the gut yesterday when my client said they couldn't continue because that's like a 2K retainer just dropped off the face of the earth. And, you know, I'm, I'm, and also for you, that that's like 2K profit, essentially, no? Absolutely. That's 2K you don't profit. have any like, what, what are your overheads? Of just like software costs and whatever. That's it, right? Very, my business has very minimal overheads, but then like things like rent, food, all that stuff, you mm -hmm. know, comes into play, like your lifestyle expenses, mm -hmm. right? I try to keep mine low. Um, yeah, I try to keep mine as low as possible just before I build that cushion, but I had to move out the room. So I got a, I got a one bit place. So that, that was for my own sanity and my mind, you know, so I could like work and <laughs> use the bathroom in peace <laughs> mainly. But yeah, um, I think, sorry, where was I? <laughs> sorry? 
Where, where was I? I was talking about um. You're talking about outreach. The loss, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the loss, yeah. The loss yeah. of the client, right? So now the thing is, I reached that 10k per month mark, and I got complacent. And this is a big thing to everyone starting out, right? When you get to where you want to get to, even if it's the first step, never ever get complacent. You can relax, but make sure you relax in a healthy way. So here's what I did to relax. And you know, I'm I'm all I'm all down to share my wins, but I think what's more important that people relate to you is if you share your losses, because we all have them, just a lot of us don't really like to talk about them. So here was my idea of a Christmas break, right? I took three weeks off. I was just playing World of Warcraft, eating junk food all the time because I said, Hey man, I worked really hard this year, bro. I need to take some time off. So, you know, I, I redownloaded the video games. Also, the UK is in lockdown. This was my excuse, but I'm going to tell you the converse of this in a second. Right? UK is on lockdown. Um, you know, I'm going to relax. I'm going to chill out. I'm going to, you know, calm down. I'm going to play some World of Warcraft. I worked hard. I'm going to get away from work because I need that space. Three weeks later, um, you know, today, yesterday comes around and, you know, my, my client drops me. And it's like my world comes to a standstill because I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. And now I have to get. And, but it was the best thing that could have happened to me because it kicked. It was like it was like um, Chuck Norris giving me like a roundhouse kick in the head mm, mm, and it made me wake up. So I'm taking the positive. I'm like, oh, amazing. Like, I, you know, I, the first thing I did was I uninstalled World of Warcraft because of this shock that I got. Yeah. I went and I straight away just got rid of it. Today is a Saturday and I'm uh, right after this podcast, I'm going to be working again on my cold outreach because it reminded me, it says, dude, no matter what level you get to, you are, you know, you are one day away from potentially losing it all. Right. How, how, um, I mean, being a copywriter, I assume you put a lot of time and effort into your emails that are sent out. Right. How automizable is that? Cause if not, I just highly recommend getting a VA, just getting a VA to do, to do the, the so, so the way we structure it, my agency is we have we have a team of essentially VAs who do all the lead sourcing. So they find all qualified e-commerce businesses um, and just like set them out, just identify them, identify whoever needs to be identified in the company, and then they just provide us. Well, obviously we pay them X amount, but then they provide us with like all of this potential leads, right? And then we contact those leads. So I would recommend doing something really similar. You know what I did, dude? I found a random dude on Facebook who was selling a whole bunch of courses to people uh, for like really low prices. And that guy posted his whole catalog online. <laughs> so I just took that catalog and I'm like, okay, I'm obviously not going to pirate any of these courses because I'm a moral person. But this guy just gave me a free lead list of 1,000 people who are in exactly my niche, my industry, and my uh, space. And he's telling me every single person who has a brand, he's telling me the product that they have to sell too. So that is a free lead list. So this is where I get into getting a VA. I went on Fiverr and I found a guy who knows how to data mine. He could find me the first name, last name, and email and put it into a CSV file, right? So they gave me the CSV file and I have, like, I pay for 100 at a time or 150 at a time. And, you know, I've got that lead list. Uh, quick side note how would I do this if I didn't have this lead list? I'll tell you a really cool way. Whatever industry that you're in, there are a lot of people who do podcasts with a lot of people. So find a guy who does podcasts with a lot of info product people, right? Mm-hmm. And go on his podcast list and there you find a lot of names. Then you just go on the website or you pay a guy to do it, you know, exactly like you said. But in this case, I had the leads because I found them on Facebook because of some guy trying to sell, you know, mm-hmm. courses. And I just took that lead list and I'm like, oh, this is a gold mine. Thank you. You did all the research for me. <laughs> you got to be resourceful is my point, right? For sure. Then, um, in terms of sending the emails out, 
Um, I actually have an autoresponder software, which I use. So I don't, I don't actually sit down and do it myself. I just load it into autoresponder. I load the CSV file into the autoresponder and it just does the outreach for me. I get told to fuck off sometimes. I get told to, you know, pee off sometimes. It's all part of the process. I get rejected. There are times where I have put all 150 leads in and haven't got a single response other than really horrible negative ones. Um, but it just takes one person to say yes. <laughs> so, you know, man, especially when you're freelancing, right? Because look, I can only take up to four to five clients before I'm swamped, which is exactly why now I'm going into things like affiliate marketing. But a place that I want to differ is I want to be as authentic as possible. I want to share the things, my journey. I want to share the things that allowed me to win, the things that made me fail, and just products that I have used myself, not Charlotte's and stuff. Hey, this guy's giving me a brand deal of, you know, I don't know, like a one mil, 20K. Like I will turn that down because if I don't resonate with it, I don't care. Because the issue is a lot of people go for short-term gimmicks. You need to build sustainable, long-term relationships in anything that you do. My first copy client, uh, who's one of the biggest in the industry. So what I did was when he asked me my rate, right? Because a lot of people start getting choked up on price. So the cool thing when you're working with guys who are of a higher net worth, the guys with a higher business is they respect time and effort. And they don't have, like, if you go for a guy whose business is doing, you know, 4,000 per month, 3,000 per month, you know, his budget's not going to be that high. He's going to try to squeeze a penny out of you, right? If you're going for a guy who's making seven figures per month, that's let's say 83,000 in his business, he knows that spending more money for quality services is going to make him more money. He knows that he's been there, right? He's, he's walked that path, he's crossed that bridge and he knows it. So he is going to be more fair. So this is what I did. And it's a little bit of psychology, but it was a little bit of, it, it was a lot of honesty and some psychology too. Mm-hmm. So this is what I did. I said, hey, look, my goal with you is I want to work with you long-term, right? In this first project, and I see a lot of people, guys doing this, like, hey, I'm going to do this for free. Like, you can do something for free, right? But don't make it a habit. This is what I would do as a converse to that. And this is what I did, and it worked for me. I said, look, I will let you decide a fair price for this first um, round and consider it done, whatever it is you choose, right? Because here's the honesty. It's like, you want to work with this guy, and you're willing to work for free. So my honest frame is saying, look, you pick a fair price and consider it done. I want to work with you long-term. So I'm setting my intention that I am not here to take a quick buck from you. I want to build something with you because I care about you and I care about your brand and I want to be affiliated and associated with you, right? That's number one. Number two, I will let you pick a fair price for this, um, for this project and just consider it done. So now you're putting the ball in someone else's court, right? So number one, you have shown them that you wanna work with them long-term, right? Number two, you've told them that the ball is in their court. Now, this is where the seven-figure owner mindset comes in. He values you, he values your time. So he is gonna tell you a value that's probably higher than what you thought you were gonna write for initially because he respects your time. So for me, it was a one grand, right? So. Hey, as a beginner, one grand is, is pretty damn good, dude. Like, it's pretty damn good. Like, any, I'm sure anybody would be happy to have an extra grand on top. It's also, it's it's one grand GBP, I assume, which is like... No, no, no. It was one grand US. Oh, US. Okay. Yeah, it was one grand US. Still great. Still great. Still great, dude. 750 GBP, bro. It's like, you know, yeah. it's more money than, you know, like, dude, at that point, I was earning 1.7K. And at the end of the month, I was negative 10 uh, in bank balance almost every single time after putting away money to save, right? I was always in a bad shape. So that 750 pounds gave me a lot of leeway. And this is what Grant Cardone says. He says, the biggest change I experienced in my life was my first ever increase of a thousand 
because that changed my whole quality of life and I can resonate, right? That little, and then after that, it just becomes the same. You just earn more money, starts to feel like a digit rather than an actual change of life, right? The only time you really feel that change of life is right at the start when you're earning shit and you just get a little bit better, nothing great, but you get that little bit of freedom and you're not penny pinching, right? And then you can start buying nicer things and like, or like, exactly. I, I remember the first things I started spending my money on when I started, when the business started taking off was just uh, equipment, just like equipment, yeah. exactly. desk stuff, monitors, keyboards, all that stuff. I was like, let me just, cause at the same time, I feel like when, when you're starting off and you know, okay, let's say you make your first 750, $1,000, right? I feel like that's so key. Cause that's the moment where it's like, let me take everything I'm making and just reinvest in whatever I can possible mm-hmm. that will help me make more money. So whether it be, you know, for example, for a copywriter, I'd assume like if I was a copywriter, I'd aim to get the best typing computer or like the best whatever, or like the best software is for like, um, for, for writing or, or researching or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the first money that you make is the pe- on how you spend it is really key is really key. And like, honestly, like, I don't even know, like a, a lot of people, you know, try and save up, but yeah. if you're making like 1k or 2k, realistically saving up, you know, 200 a month, 300 a month, isn't going to do much for you. Like, I think it, it, it's a, it's a better strategy to just reinvest that money to make more yeah, save money up to invest, like save up to yeah, yeah. stocks and shares, but in something that's going to teach you how to create more money. That is the number yeah. one thing. And 100%. I want to straighten one thing out, right? A lot of guys, um, and I used to actually be one of these guys, like you see a lot of these gurus and like, look, I'm a guy, I have no course. I have nothing to freaking sell. I want to do affiliate marketing. I have not, like, I'm not selling shit right now, dude. But I will always say from this very moment that the thing that changed my life was my willingness to invest in myself. And every guru and his uncle is saying stuff like that because obviously they want you to buy the program, right? And that might not be the course, but listen to the advice. You have to invest in your mind because right now you are a guy or girl who is capable of earning 1,000. You do not have the skill set to learn how to create more. And with that being said, you have two options. Number one, you can stay in your job, you know, hustle really hard in this machine of a corporation. Until, you know, the guy above you is like, hey, man, puts his hand on your shoulder. Is like, I think you've been doing excellent. I'm going to give you a 2% salary increase next year just to reward you for your amazing hard work. So, you know, you go home with what? An extra grand a year, two grand a year, three grand, whatever it is, right? It's just, it's like, or you can say, fuck this shit. I don't want to work in, you know. And this book I really recommend. I'm just going to pause here. It's called Lynchpin by Seth Godin, right? If you have not read this book, Pick it up right now. Go to fucking Amazon. I don't care who you are. I'm not an affiliate or any shit like that. Like, go buy it from your own link. This book is a minefield. Like, seriously, it changes your scape. It's, again, a linchpin by Seth Godin. Seth Godin is the, the father of modern-day marketing, relationship building. If you haven't read his shit, you got to read it, right? He says that corporations are basically factories because back in those days, you know, in Fordism, where Henry Ford was creating the, the assembly line, one guy was, you know, screwing something uh, with his fingers, like, you know, like he was, oh, that sounds really bad. <laughs> he was like, you know, turning the cog or the other guy was like, you know, using the screwdriver to turn the screw. The other guy was fitting the wheel and so on and so forth. Right. And Seth Golden in this book, he talks about how this is exactly what's happening. The way that you run a corporation is you find people that are willing to do the most brain dead tasks, right. For the lowest wage. 
and you break up all of your big tasks into these little tiny micro tasks that anybody can do, right? It's called PERL. It's, um, I don't know exactly what that stands for, but uh, basically it's how high your turnover, like how much skill it requires to do a job, right? Mm. And how easy, like I can bring any dude I point to on the street and they can do this task, right? Mm. Mm. So if you look at a corporation, you know, one guy does the accounting, like my, his job is solely to get the spreadsheets put in numbers, right? Another guy's job is the cold calls. His job is solely to pick up the phone and call. Can you see how it's kind of like a factory, but just an evolved version? It's like, you're just the cog in a wheel and, you, and you're, you're trackable. You're, you can track what you do. Like I can track in a factory how many, you know, wheels this guy's turning, how many wheels this guy's fitting on, right? It's all productivity. But then he talks about, and again, the title of the book is called A Lynchpin, how the new era of people are people who add value to the marketplace with what's called art. So for example, what I'm doing, copywriting, it's an art, it's a skill that I'm selling. You look at a guy who's doing oil painting and he's selling it on eBay. He's a linchpin because he is also the management and the capital, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where you want to start. Read that book, honestly, game changer. But well, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely pick it up and I'll leave it in the description of, of the, the spot of, of the spot. Yeah, of the description so you guys can, you guys can check it out. Um, Sam, I think we need to start wrapping it up because I think we're just above the one hour line or yeah, more or yeah, less. Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. I mean, is there anything you'd like to, you know, plug or mention or anything like that just before you go? Just get started, man. <laughs> like, whatever it is. And, and, and the last thing I want to say before we wrap up is, you know, like, I don't know, you guys are probably going to listen to this while you're in the lockdown. While the world is complaining how we are locked down and there's nothing to do, I promise you, if you use this time and go into what I call Tony Stark mode, where you lock yourself up in the cave that is your house, you can make about one and a half to two years of progress in two to three months if you're disciplined about it. So if you're one of those people who's laying down watching Netflix and watching a bunch of wasted time YouTube videos, you're playing World of Warcraft, you're playing FIFA on the PS5, dude, you got to get rid of your distractions, man. You got to take that red pill, swallow it like the dirty pill it is, get your shit away. I don't know, sell it, throw it, put it away because the more distractions you have, the more you're going to be grav- like your gravitational pull is going to be pulled to want to do these things because our brain likes comfort, right? You need to get rid of all this shit, sit down, face the man in the mirror that's yourself or realize that you're a broke-ass little bitch and you're not going to be one in the next year mm. and just build, man. Take that hammer and start forging, bro. There is no escaping the hard work and labor you need to put in to get to the next level. And you just got to do it or you don't, right? That's your choice. But there, yeah, guys, that's pretty much all I have to say. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you so much, Tom. Thank, Thank you, my brother. Of wisdom. Yeah, no, for real, man. I mean, that, that, that's the thing I realized, man. All the gimmicks, all the how-to Dude, the real advice is just fucking start building, man. Whatever that is. Never the one you want to hear. It's never the pretty ones or the. Yeah, no way. It's the real one. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's end it here. Thank you so much, Sam. Really appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Peace.